Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mormonish. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Landon. And we have a really interesting breaking story that is getting traction nationally, isn't it, Landon? Sure is. And for good reason, because it has to do with beer. <laughs> because it has to do with beer and religious overreach, right? Those two things together. Oh, that's a story. Yeah. Otherwise known as Utah, I think. <laughs> okay. Okay. You said it. You said it. All right. Let's tell everybody what's going on. This story involves the Bewilder Brewing Company, which is in Salt Lake. And Landon, why don't you read their story here just to let everybody know who they are? Yeah. The Bewilder Brewing Company opened in Salt Lake City on December 13th, 2019. Uh, in a transition from owning and running Salt Lake City Brewing Supply and Ogden City Brew Supply, so they they were run, they were a brew supplier for home people who did homemade uh, homemade beer. Uh, the two owners, Cody McKendrick and Ross Metzger, wanted to continue sharing their love of craft beer and education by opening a brewery. Starting on a shoestring budget and facing one of the biggest external challenges to the hospitality industry in decades. Bewilder Brewing has stayed committed to making craft beer and handmade sausages. Here are some of the stories about Bewilder, what we are doing, and what we hope to, to do. We couldn't have come this far without all of our friends, family, and of course, wonderful customers. Um, so they're a small brewery, craft brewery in downtown Salt Lake City now. Uh, started out as home brewers, selling home brewing supplies. And then they decided that they'd start uh, packaging some of their... Uh, some of their uh, actual product that they make in their tap room, uh, which is interesting because they, as luck would have it, they actually started up in January uh, of 2019, they, they, or 2020. They just had their, uh, four, they're having their fourth anniversary this weekend and they opened up and uh, COVID hit just a few, uh, a few months later. And as COVID hit. Room, nobody could go to the <laughs> tap room. So they decided that they'd, package and so they bought a canning machine and started packaging the 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 craft beer that they were brewing uh to sell in utah you you pretty much have to sell through the lick, liquor store if you're over a certain percentage of alcohol yes. and so they got into the liquor store and was able to start selling and it's just a small brand small craft beer but is available in some of the different liquor stores here in utah Yep, that's right. And we actually spoke with one of the owners, Cody, yesterday. So we have his insight here as we're um, putting this episode out. So let's go to the next slide. So why are we talking about Bewilder Brewing? Well, as Landon mentioned, their signature offering here is this, I'm going to say cute little beer <laughs> called uh, Deseret IPA. And as Cody explained to us, this was actually supposed to be and is a shout out to Utah. It's created with locally sourced honey, locally sourced grains. It has that flavor of Utah. Their hope was that, you know, when people come into town from out of town, they can offer the Deseret IPA and people will ask more about Utah and the unusual name. And so both of the owners grew up um, in Utah. They are not LDS, but they love Utah. And so they created this beer, which is actually pretty popular. It, it really is. It sells really well. So they're just going along with their brewery and this wonderful beer. And suddenly we see this headline pop up a couple days ago. And there are more now since I even looked. So in the headlines, attorney for companies owned by LDS Church demand 
Salt Lake City Brewery discontinue one of its beers. Utah Brewery discontinues beer after Mormon Church trademark complaint. The first one was from the Trib. The second one is from Axios. Um, another one, Mormon Church forces brewery to discontinue beer over trademark complaint. Um, that was from MSN. And now some of the little um, house journals are starting to get this information out. So basically, Landon, why don't you explain what that means for this beer, Deseret IPA? <laughs> or let's yeah. go to our next slide. I think we have an explanation there. Yeah. Basically, it means that it's that it's going uh, away. Um, and you know, they said with Deseret IPA, we wanted to make a beer for our mm -hmm. local breweries owned by local people that had a local tie. They use local honey and locally grown grain, and the beer was malted locally. Right. Um, so for those uh, who who may not know um, that Deseret is actually a, a term that comes from the Book of Mormon uh, that was interpreted to mean honeybee by the Jaredites brought honeybees over. So is Deseret- Is that our next slide? Look um, to that. Yeah. I think we mentioned it. Yeah, That's here right. we go. Yeah. Here we yeah. go. <laughs> it comes from, from there. And they did also carry with them Deseret, which by interpretation is a honeybee. And thus they did carry with them swarms of bees. So uh, we did some AI here with a, a Jaredite <laughs> submarine with bees flying around. Yeah, I, I put it into AI. I'm like, what does an underwater wooden submarine with bees look like? This is what it generated. I actually think it's a really cool image. So yeah, and of course... Um, this is actually even um, paraphrased from Book of Mormon Central. It says the word Deseret does not translate as bee in any known Mesopotamian language. So it's simply well, in the Book of Mormon. <laughs> that's clear because it's it's the pure Adamic language. Uh, oh, and so right. the church the church evidently has trademarked uh, the the uh, pure Adamic language. But <laughs> but because the church at the time that Utah was trying to become a state, the 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 locals put forth the name state of Deseret for mm -hmm. the name of the state. Congress, of course, rejected this. They weren't going to use, you know, Mormon terminology to define a state. So instead they picked Ute, Utah from the Ute uh, mm -hmm. tribes that were here. Uh, but as a result, Deseret is a name kind of synonymous with Utah. So mm -hmm. it, it's kind of like Dixie for the South. You know, whenever you right. talk about the South, you say right. Dixie. When you talk about Utah, people can also say Deseret, you know, because this is that's the name that they had given it. And it was on several maps as state of Deseret. Yeah. Uh, and so Deseret was the name that they picked for their beer. And yeah. it, it's not to make fun of any religion. In the, mm. And he made he made perfectly clear that. Yeah, and if Cody, you look the, the owner can, that we talked to. Yeah. Yeah. Clear. If you look at the can, you can see that there's a B right here. This is mm -hmm. a B. Um, some of the things on here that I noticed is uh, it it won uh, a gold award in 2022 for best honey IPA. So it's using yep. honey. It's from Utah. You can see Utah's own local crafted beer. They're very proud of the fact that it's a local beer. Mm -hmm. They advertise it as a local beer. It's using honey. Honey is a term that, you know, the beehive and Deseret mm -hmm. is a term mm -hmm. that's used in Utah all the time for honey. So it makes sense that they would name the beer Deseret IPA. And you can see this is the, here's Deseret IPA. You can see how small it is on here. There's no church iconography on here. Mm -hmm. There's no temple. There's no Brigham Young. There's no prophets. There's nothing making fun of anybody. It's got a bee on it and it's got little <laughs> honeycombs on it, you know? Uh, right. Perfect name for a Utah crafted beer, exactly. but somehow it got this this brewing company in trouble. 
because yeah, and, they use and the I will say beer. it's a beloved beer like it's popular people like it it's actually a great advertising sort of tool for Utah because they probably it say is. it's a bee loved beer. okay it's a beloved beer. beer yes exactly <laughs> and award-winning we need to mention that and yep. popular so exactly so how could this happen what happened let's look at our next slide Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's right. I threw this in here because I was looking to see if there was any kind of reference, you know, in any kind of Mesopotamian language for Deseret. And there is a bee goddess. Isn't she pretty? I really like that. Yeah, it, it, it it's not used in the language. It's not Deseret or anything. Right. But uh, the Mesopotamians did have a bee goddess, which isn't surprising because honey is worldwide known right. as a sweet uh you know something that provided sweetness in a in the ancient world so yeah and i will say as far as honey goes so my parents um were on that food storage train of the 1960s and 70s they had gallons and gallons of honey in their basement <laughs> when we moved them to a you know to a different location we had to go down there and go oh my gosh and i actually tried to sell the honey you know this land yes, and i, I thought do. maybe you know some honey lasts doesn't it for decades maybe i'll sell this on facebook marketplace maybe i don't know a farmer would want it somebody i didn't know anything about it so i put you know something grade honey you know i copied what it said on these the huge metal vats of honey and i put it on facebook uh marketplace I was banned instantly for life for trying to sell biological hazard matter or something. <laughs> I still can't get back on. And all I was trying to do is sell this uh, this food storage that had been in our basement for 40 years. So yeah, honey church, is a big Mormon thing. Maybe the thing. church sued mar Marketplace uh, <laughs> because of selling honey. <laughs> I bet others can relate though. I bet others of a certain era, there was always that honey in the big vats that they were keeping for the last days. So so anyway, what happened back in November is that um, Cody and Ross uh, received a letter. And this is um, from the article in the Trib. It says in October, the brewery received a letter from Tyson Smith, an attorney at the Texas-based Perky Barber. Um, the letter said Bewilder's use of the word Deseret could cause people to mistakenly believe that the brewery's beer is affiliated with such LDS church-owned companies as Deseret Book and Deseret News and Deseret Industries and others. So that was the concern that somebody seeing this is going to go, I think Deseret Book puts this out. I'm going to buy a picture of President Nelson and pick and up a Deseret IPA. <laughs> Which raises the question, what are LDS people doing wandering through the liquor store? <laughs> Don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> How did they find this? If, uh, you know, was the bishop out wandering through the liquor store and said, Deseret IPA, we've got to stop this. Our members was, will be flocking to the liquor store to buy right. Deseret IPA. <laughs> that's right. He was collecting wayward members. I'm sure that it, that was it. So... <laughs> Let's go over to our next slide. So they received this letter in November. And of course, this slide shows that the, the main impetus for it was a conflict of interest and confusion over brands. So we have a picture. There's Deseret Book, Deseret News, Deseret Industries. These are all tightly affiliated with the church, of course. So they were concerned that there might be some conflict of interest there. So the terms that they were given, um, this is again from the Trib. The brewery was given a few months to cease production of its Deseret IPA to sell its remaining store of the beer. That's what I'm saying. This well, is a hot bought. item. Yeah. Like <laughs> we're going to be selling these for a hundred dollars a can. Do you think? And then, <laughs> 
<laughs> and it also must not pursue registering the name with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. And when we talked to Cody, and this was kind of alluded to in the articles, it really was kind of kicked off because although they had been selling it for years, they were finally officially trying to trademark it. And I think like Cody, the owner mentioned, he's like, there must be some little alert. Ding, ding, ding. Somebody's trying to <laughs> trying to register the trademark Deseret. And which I think, I think actually I'm kind of being funny there, but um, for example, Heather, Heather, is it Heather Gray? Yeah. And the Bad Mormon book that she put yeah. out and she was trying to tra trademark Bad Mormon for merchandise. I think that little bell went off there because they definitely tried to stop her on trademarking uh, Bad Mormon. So that's what happened. As soon as they started to try to trademark the name, then they get this letter in November uh, with these terms that they have to stop production, sell everything and no more trademark. And that's important because, you know, they've now invested a lot of mm -hmm. money into mm -hmm. marketing the beer, mm -hmm. packaging the beer, trademarking the beer. Right. And now trying to do the legal thing, mm -hmm. the right thing, and, and filing a patent and a trademark for their mm -hmm. beer. Uh, the church comes back and says, no, you can't do it because the name Deseret uh, could could be could, could impact us now. Would this lawsuit have any leg to stand on? Uh, I'm not a lawyer, but I, I can't see how it would. But mm. it doesn't matter. The church has so much money that they're going to push it and sue it. And a little brewery like this cannot uh, stand up for that and cannot cannot uh, compete against that. And we talked to Cody, and he was mm -hmm. very gracious about it. He oh, said, yeah. you know, they asked us to stop using it. We're just a beer company. We're just trying to make a good beer. We'll have to you know, find out if we can repackage it, rebrand it. Uh, we're not trying to make fun of anyone or, or mm -hmm. uh, insult anyone's religion. We were just mm -hmm. trying to promote a local beer here in Utah yep. made of local product. Uh, but for a lot of people, this is upsetting because for the church to go after small businesses and try to uh, use their force of their tax-free status that they've been able to accumulate billions of dollars while these people have to pay taxes and not just taxes, but beer taxes, alcohol yeah. taxes in Utah, which it's are complex. Overwhelming, <laughs> yes. And they're the taxpayers and they're getting shut down by the nonprofits that are that have all the money to tell them you can't use this word. We're claiming it as our own. Uh, which uh, we'll show in a little bit is, is just uh, ridiculous. So Yeah, no, and I'm glad you brought that up because in talking to Cody, the owner, he really was just such a nice guy and so genuine, loves Utah. Um, when we ask him about, you know, he said he's had several lawyers reach out to him because this, this situation is gaining traction and say, we'll help you fight this. He goes, do I want to fight it? Could I fight it? Maybe. He goes, but I got kids at home to hang out with. You know, he has that perspective where he just, he knows it would be such a huge fight that he's just not going to do it. They're going to agree to the terms. They're going to do everything they're supposed to do. In the future, they probably will try to repackage it under a different name. And they even spun it in a positive way by saying this gives us the opportunity to create and develop some new products, you know, which will be new and exciting to our customers. So they just couldn't be more lovely and gracious as far as people. And that's why it makes us even more 
cranky that this is happening to such nice guys with such a nice company that started out. I mean, they have worked so hard opening during COVID and then fighting to stay open, getting this loyal customer base. We actually um, are going to go out there and pay a visit uh, later today. So unfortunately, we're doing the podcast ahead of time, but maybe we'll put some info or pictures or something up. Um, so yeah, they, they have absolutely no animosity and they themselves are seeing, saying nothing derogatory about the church. They're just sort of like, it is what it is. But I think the rest of us can speak out and kind of share our feelings on it. That's how I look at it. Yeah. The term I used when we talked after we talked to him was, boy, he's very Christian. He's a very he's kind, Christian. considerate. Yes. He, he had no animosity, yes. nothing bad to say. Who yeah. was acting more Christian here? And yes. and I don't know if did did we mention that they neither one of these were, uh, guys were members of the church. They grew yeah. up in Utah, but they're not XLDS. Yeah. They don't have any axe to grind. No. They, they just, were on church basketball teams. They, they were on church. They, they did grew they, up here. They had a yep. great experience. Hence, wanting to do something in their line of business that is a shout out to the beautiful state and the people of Utah. That's the irony of this whole thing. So, let's go to our next slide. Let's see what else we have. Um, so after they received the letter in November and they talked among themselves, and Cody even said didn't talk long. It wasn't, it wasn't like a long drawn out process of deciding what to do. They pretty much right away decided, all right, fine. We're just going to comply with this. So they have a company newsletter that they put out. And just in the last week or so is where they let their customers know the information. And this is where it started to get picked up. So they let their customers know that Deseret IPA will be phased out and replaced with another product. And they said in their um, newsletter, which was quoted here in Axios magazine, they said, unfortunately, a large tax-exempt, tax-based entity wasn't pleased with our use of the word Deseret. We have been asked to drop our trademark and, continue, and discontinue the brand. So as soon as that was made public, <laughs> it started to get a lot of attention and is continuing to get attention. Yep, absolutely. Um, <laughs> it I, also I, said they, they claim to have some food and beverage offerings and were afraid. By they, they're talking about the church's companies claim that they also have some food and beverage offering, and they were afraid of what they're calling marketplace confusion <laughs> uh, yes because the, the the marketplace is the same people who are buying uh, the church's uh, food and the the beer brand uh, it must be the same people uh, why why would there be marketplace confusion on this small beer and who in their right mind would think the church is producing beer uh, it, well, it, that's a question that we're going to get into in a minute, <laughs> but I did make a meme, of course, because I have to. And for our listeners, um, there's a guy staring very confusedly at his beer and he says, dude, did the LDS church make this beer? And then there's another guy also staring at his beer and he says, I don't know, dude, I'm just really confused. <laughs> so. Whenever, whenever the, the church gets into the beer market, um, but uh, yeah, uh, this, the, the next slide we have is uh, uh, called and still do. And the reason for that is this quote that came out of, uh, out of the- This is from Cody. Yeah, this is yeah, from, Cody. from Cody. That came out of the Axios comment. It says, their members would never think the LDS church would be putting out beer, McKendrick said. That's Cody. Although he noted the church owned all alcohol production in the state at one point. So the and church- still do. <laughs> yeah. 
actually owned the alcohol production in the early days of the church, and they still do. Yeah. <laughs> they don't produce alcohol, but they certainly control it through the Utah legislature, which is 90% LDS and completely does their bidding. Anyone who's ever been to Utah knows the ridiculous liquor laws that Utah has, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, uh, so <laughs> I love this slide. What the hell is up with Utah liquor laws? That would be like a 27 hour episode if we really tried to cover the whole thing. <laughs> but it, Landon can give us a few uh, little highlights. Right. And I'm sure a lot of you out there, especially maybe post Mormons that have now started maybe exploring this arena and you think it's really simple. You just go in and get a drink in Utah. It's not at all. Yeah. And and. I'll say right now, I don't drink. I Once I left the church, I tried it. I tried several times. I went to different bars. I, I don't like the taste of alcohol, um, but that's fine. I spend a lot of time with people who do. I end up being the designated driver a lot, so I go to <laughs> bars a lot with people. And I did, had no idea the ridiculous laws that there are in Utah. Even when I'm in the bar not drinking, I have to uh, uh, <laughs> adhere to these different laws. So as we were talking to, uh, to to Cody, he brought up some things that uh, I hadn't heard before that were just infuriating as you heard them. The state regulates the names that can be used for your beer. They get to decide whether the name that you give to your product is acceptable or not. And as an example, he gave this beer right here uh, that's called Big Bad Baptist. Evidently, the uh, this is from Epic Brewing, the company that... Uh, that brews this beer originally wanted to name the beer big bad bishop yep. but when it went in front of the utah uh al alcohol uh brewing dabc i think is what it's yeah, called yeah, yeah. they they said uh no you can't use the name bishop and as a result they had to change the name to baptist now if that doesn't tell you who who controls the liquor in utah I don't know what does. You can't use the name Bishop, which is an LDS term. Uh, granted, it's used by other religions yeah. or minorities in the state, but uh, but you can use the term Baptist. That's okay. You can call yeah. your beer Baptist, but you can't call it Bishop. Yeah, you can't um, poke and, fun at a bishop, but you can sure. Po and it's not even poking fun. Yeah. That's the thing. These are just quirky, tongue-in-cheek, makes it really fun. This whole industry is built up around these really interesting names that just make it really fun and exciting. Yeah, Baptist is fine. Go ahead. So, yeah, that was one of the more interesting stories that Cody told us. Oh, my gosh. So that, that tells you who controls the state. Also, yeah. one thing is that the state uses liquor taxes to fund the school lunch programs for all the kids yeah. that Mormons are encouraged to have. So <laughs> huge donations, huge. Yeah. It's, it's like $40 million mm -hmm. a year goes mm -hmm. to the state school lunch program from the taxes on, on alcohol in Utah. Yep. So here you have the church telling everyone, Hey, you go have all the kids, send them to our schools which aren't funded. They're one of the lowest funded in the, in yeah. the country. They're not yeah. funded well at all. The, the state won't fund them because there's so many kids uh, and it's the church that's telling you to have all the kids. So how do they fund them? Well, they're the biggest landowner in the state that should be paying the property tax that yeah. goes to pay for schools is the LDS church who doesn't pay taxes yeah. on a lot of their properties, most of their properties. And as a result, there's a lack of of funding for schools in Utah. So what do they do? Of course, not 
not tax the Mormons who are having all the kids. Let's not have a church tax to pay for all the kids the churches are telling us to have. Let's put a tax on alcohol and have the alcohol pay for all of these kids yeah. programs. But then let's vilify everybody who's paying the taxes to feed the kids. And that's yeah. exactly the point that Utah has become in this place. Uh, it, it was like, I saw I saw something recently, I believe it was $40 million that, the, that they put in, which is more money than I think the church puts towards uh, humanitarian programs anywhere. anywhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, they claim a billion dollars, but let's face it, uh, you know, that's cleaning toilets in the church that they're counting. <laughs> well, stuff. volunteer hours and money that is given through LDS charities, which are wealthy LDS donors donating in the church saying we donated this or giving machines, same thing, kind of a middleman scenario. Yeah. So yeah, this is money that goes straight to the schools, which is amazing. But again, like you said, vilified, you know. And and, and that just shows you because we did our giving machine episode and, and what the giving machine raised last year, it was like $7 million. I think so. 20 22 million altogether, I think, if I remember something yeah, like that. Yeah, 22 million over the years. Over time, yeah. So, so at Christmas, we shouldn't have giving machines. We should open up bars and have everybody go <laughs> pay taxes and there you go, get more money than these charitable causes. Yet, which one gets all the, oh, this is wonderful. Look what Jesus is doing. Yeah. Look at what the beer drinkers are doing. They're the ones funding. The it, it should be drink for the children. <laughs> drink for the That's children. That's what it should be. A big poster, a big <laughs> campaign. Drink for the children. That's it. Oh, my. Yeah, boy, uh, Landon is getting pretty salty about this whole issue. <laughs> well, and, and, and another uh, law that just passed recently, which is not being enacted yet, according to Cody, uh, and that is that they just passed a law uh, that makes Utah a surveillance state. Uh yeah. I know from personal experience, every time I go into a bar, they scan my license. Right. They get to know where I am. When I buy beer, they scan my license. They they get to know when I bought this beer yesterday, they had to scan my license. They have to know what I'm drinking, when I'm drinking it, where I bought it at, when I was at the bar, when I left the bar. They don't know when you left the bar, but they know where, <laughs> where you went when you go in. Right. So Cody told us that they just passed a law that requires the installation of video cameras into the into the bars and that you have to give the 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 administrative the passwords to the state, the logins so that they can log in and watch what happens at your bar and watch what people are doing there. Now, yes. what would Mormons do if that was a requirement at their yes. church? What if they had to scan yeah. in? So that there was no pedophiles, we scanned in at the church uh, and and kept track of where everybody was going, yeah. so we'd know when pedophiles entered the church. They would go ballistic. This is they Mormons. Would. They believe they're very they private. Stay out of government, and yet here they are. When you if you drink alcohol, they have to come right yeah. after you. So this yeah. is just another example of the church taking ownership of something that they don't like even when they have no business. And we just found out from a, a recent survey that only 42% of the state claims to be LDS. So right. you've got this minority watching over the majority yeah. enacting their own religious beliefs on the state people and enforcing it as law through the state legislature because they're voting as a block and they're voting in their legislatures and they send all their people to the um to the uh, conventions, to the and caucus, the caucus. yeah, to the, stack the caucus. <laughs> uh, and so uh, that they feel like they can completely control you as, but if you're LDS, by heaven's sakes, the government should stay the hell out of your business. That's right. 
But if yep, you're a that's drinker, the they have every right to step in and, and, and control your life. So. Uh, and that's why this is a bigger story. This, that's why this story is similar to the Cody, Wyoming and Heber Temple stories that we cover. It's a, it's a small micro scenario where you can see how they operate on a large scale. So it's, I think that's why it's starting to get, this story is getting national attention and will continue to, because it, it shows how they operate. So, and, and you know what? I just had this thought. How do you pronounce, is it Deseret or Desiree? I have heard it both ways. I've always heard it Deseret growing up here. Yeah, but I know I've also heard it our lovely, isn't it in our lovely Desiree, in our lovely, I'm covering my because I know in the comments, people are going to say both. <laughs> They're going to say, Rebecca, it's Desiree. And then some other person is going to say, Rebecca, it's Deseret. So maybe from now on on the podcast, I'm just going to go Deseret. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but we do appreciate people commenting and letting us know. But I feel like it. I have heard it pronounced both ways. So I don't know. So speaking of liquor and alcohol and Utah, um, this is a really interesting um, synopsis of the extensive history <laughs> of alcohol in Utah that I think we're gonna we're gonna read. It was written by Megan Van Frank um, for Utah Humanities in 2011. The title is "The Surprisingly Stout and Spirited History of the Liquor Industry in 19th Century Utah." And this is just an overview. Do you want to read this, Landon, for us? Sure. During the late 1800s, Utah had a thriving liquor industry. LDS Church President Brigham Young had no qualms about producing or selling alcohol. He built a distillery at the mouth of Parley's mm -hmm. Canyon and owned Salt Lake City's first saloon. In 1861, Young had a winery established in Tokerville in southern Utah and received frequent shipments of 40-gallon barrels of port for medicinal and family use. <laughs> The Mormon-owned mercantile ZCMI sold beer, wine, and liquor, while the Deseret News regularly advertised homebrewing equipment to its readers, as well as alcohol such as Kentucky Bourbon and Old Tom Jim. Mormons also produced their own brand of whiskey called Valley Tan. This paralyzing intoxicant was reputed to have quite a punch and was known variously as leopard sweat, liquid uh, strychnine, strychnine, and uh, tertantula juice. Uh, Valley Tan <laughs> was served in Salt Lake's numerous downtown saloons, which were frequented by U.S. soldiers who came with Johnson's army in 1858. The troops spurred such a trade in alcohol that Salt Lake's main street soon earned the nickname Whiskey Street. Utah was also home to 15 commercial breweries, several of which were owned by faithful members of the Mormon Church. For example, Brigham Young's bodyguard, Orrin Porter Rockwell, owned the Hot Springs Brewery at the point of the mountain. Beer was consumed by many Mormon immigrants from Europe, as well as German, Italian, and Irishmen who came to work in the Utah mines. In fact, we've heard the story that uh, the reason that they went to water from wine is because the uh, the, the deacons and, and elders were drinking all the wine. <laughs> yeah, and we're talking about passing the sacrament. That was another big article a month or so ago by Lindsay Hansen Park, I believe, where yes, they did use the goblet of wine like other religions in the Mormon church, but Brigham Young was so dismayed because people would be past the goblet and they would drain it. They were drinking all the alcohol, which maybe explains some of the spirits and visions they saw at church. So that is why the smaller cup became the, the way that they, they passed the sacrament so that everybody could just have a tiny shot, tiny, 
because yeah, before they were just draining. Can I say draining the goblet on air? I think I can. They were draining a goblet. Yeah. So Landon's <laughs> totally right. That's exactly it. So, and it's funny. Oh, finish, finish reading. I think we have one more paragraph. Sorry. I had one. Liquor was big business. In 1863, the Salt Lake City government reported more revenue from the liquor industry than all city taxes combined. Mm. By 1871, a liquor license in Salt Lake cost $750 per month as compared to $56 per month in Chicago. But profits per were not year. It actually spend. says per year. Per, per That's year. That's incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my god. Per gosh. month in Utah and $56 <laughs> per year in Chicago. Uh, but profits were not enough to stem the tide of temperance sweeping the state. By the turn of the century, attitudes about alcohol were changing, and Utah prohibition yep. was just around the corner. But yep. this and goes word to of wisdom. show seven hundred fifty dollars yep. a month. What the the church was using, what they termed sin, to fund all of their activities, yep. and they were the ones producing it, selling it to the soldiers. Remember Johnson's army, who they yep. Johnson's army, who they hated who supposedly is why the Mountain Meadow Massacre occurred because the army was coming, but they had no problem. They wouldn't sell food to the immigrants, but they had no problem selling whiskey and, and alcohol to the troops uh, to, yeah. to make some money. No, uh, and, and just to show how important um, alcohol was, think about Brigham Young still and the story that is tied into the Willie Martin handcart, where in reality, uh, that's is purported to be the reason, one of the reasons that everybody left too late was to get this equipment, you know, to Utah. And Brigham was so concerned about it. He sent out people to rescue his distillery equipment. Oh. And of course, they also had to pick up the immigrants. But it it really, you can read about this. It's very interesting. They're starting to realize that that was maybe the impetus for the rescue was the distilling equipment. Absolutely. And we're going to be reading that in our book club coming up, uh, Devil's Gate. In uh, fact, I look, I have a copy. Let's turn yep. this into a, oh, I do somewhere. Where is it? I can't find it. It's around here somewhere. Oh, wait. Hold on. Here we go. Devil's Gate. Devil's Gate. There it is, the story. <laughs> so, well, and interestingly, I looked up in um, Fair Mormon. It just kind of, in my research, popped up alcohol in Utah because I thought this is pretty surprising. A lot of Mormons don't understand this rich history of, you know, and even as far back as Nauvoo, right? I mean, it goes back. And in Fair Mormon, it, it basically makes the argument that this was all medicinal. It was, it was wound care, <laughs> yeah, medicinal. And, you know, medicinal like purposes. Is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that that's kind of interesting. So here's a picture. I love that, that Main Street Salt Lake was Whiskey Street. Is that what they called it? Yeah, I, I just, I love that. And here's a picture. It was Alt Saloon in 1884 and 85. And there they are just standing there. That was what our downtown illustrious Salt Lake looked like. Yep, absolutely. Uh, the church has always owned the, the, the liquor trade in Utah. Still yep. does. Uh, Always. In fact, in the Hotel Utah, right? There was a bar in the, yeah, yeah, in the bottom of so. that. Yeah, yeah, it was just normal. And as the article alluded to, you know, then you have prohibition, then you have more focus on the word of wisdom, you know, to even further set yourself apart as somebody that has these religious practices. And it kind of went from there. But in the early days, not at all. And we need to understand that this is not, the word of wisdom is not doctrine, um, because no. clearly they had the word of wisdom and they were drinking. So this yeah. is policy. It can be changed at any time. At any yep. point, the the church leaders could go back and say, no, it's okay to drink alcohol. And yep. uh, because it's policy, right? It's not doctrine. 
Why yep. is it being asked as a temple recommend question for a policy? But uh, uh, it's a little confusing. Anyone who wants to go down that road, yeah, go we ahead. We are hitting all the topics today. <laughs> who knew? So I found this amazing timeline by the incredible Lindsay Hansen Park. And I don't think we have time to go through all of it. I will link this in the show notes, but it really does go through just the long history of alcohol production, opening bars, running bars, all of it in uh, in Mormon history. And a couple of these stand out. Let's see. Oh, 1860s. Uh, several times Joseph F. Smith is accused of getting liquored up. Oh, and beating his wife. Oh, dear. And, and all these are sourced. Um so that anybody but it was medicine it was it, it was medicine that's right they talk about medicinally loaded and beating his wife yes yeah that's it so in 1852 breweries the beach and blair and city brewing open in utah um they mentioned again whiskey street within walking distance of the church headquarters despite the word of wisdom and also um servicing the troops yeah there's there's a lot here i think we have a couple slides of this I, I timeline like I, I, yeah there's several of these look at that last one 1862 to 1869 tax records collected by the irs indicate utah counted 37 distilleries all owned by mormons there you go that's it exactly yeah there's a lot I, I guess we could make it a much longer podcast and just read through everything, but we would encourage everybody maybe just to freeze your screen for a minute and read some of these. I love that um, here in 1870, uh, ZCMI, of course, the flagship store, the, the mercantile, Zion's Mercantile, ads in the local newspapers indicate that liquor was a thriving business in Salt Lake City. Wholesale liquor distributor Schwab, McCade and company advertised Kentucky bourbon and Pennsylvania rye in the Deseret News. In the, de in the what the Deseret. Deseret News, huh? Yes, in the <laughs> Deseret News. They were sold at ZCMI, the LDS-owned department store. <laughs> so maybe there is confusion because back in the day, a century ago or more, this is what was happening. You could buy alcohol at ZCMI. That's incredible. Oh my gosh. See, now I'm just down a rabbit hole of reading through these. Yes, like, just let's just stop the podcast for a minute and let's just go. <laughs> just... And look at Brigham Young's bar tab. He purchased $128.25 worth of liquor strictly for entertainment. I, I, I mean, medicinal purposes, right? Uh, isn't that what the church would yep. now say? And, and here it says that Gibbs claimed Young paid for some of it with the tithing funds. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's and, another and case where instead of let's go shopping, let's go drinking. <laughs> Yeah, when they open the new bar, let's go drinking. <laughs> and that same year, the Deseret News it yes. spent one hundred eighty nine dollars on liquor. So, yep. uh, yeah, uh, evidently, when the church wants to do liquor, Deseret uh, is okay. But uh, if anyone else wants to to do it, it's not okay. Yep. So just more fun facts. And this is just so amazing that Lindsay put these together because it's just fun to see them all in one place. You start to get the picture that it was just a normal part of life. Yeah, there's there's quite a few of these. So, you know, we'll uh, we'll, post we'll put them those. in the show notes and you can also just stop and, and read through them because they're extremely uh, entertaining. Absolutely. And then, of course, it ends with 1921. Adherence to the word of wisdom becomes a requirement to enter the Mormon temple. And that fits right in with the temperance movement and prohibition. And, you know, that that's where we are today, where that's always been something that's been hammered at us, you know, and, and it's expanded to include Coke and Diet Coke and, you know, chocolate that has caffeine in energy it. Drinks, and <laughs> uh, yeah, the list goes on. Look, look at 1911. This one's kind of, uh, 
Uh, well, actually, you've got uh, Joseph F. Smith in, in 1895. He doesn't want Utah to be a dry state. Um, oh, yes. So he, he makes sure that the Constitution uh, of Utah doesn't uh, allow it to be a, a dry state. And then and this 19 is Prophet Joseph F. Smith this is the does prophet, not yes. want Utah to be a dry state. Yeah. Yes, uh, because he doesn't want to give the impression that Utah's a theocracy. <laughs> okay. And then Another rabbit hole. I had no idea how many touch points there are to this original story. And that's what I mean when I talk about this or Cody Wyoming or Heber. It's just this little microcosm of how everything operates. Yeah, and, and look at, at 1911. Here's Joseph F. Smith again, defends why there is a bar in the church-owned Hotel mm -hmm. Utah, now the Joseph Smith Memorial Building. The people who visit us want something to wet up with once in a while, and unless it is provided for them, they will go somewhere else. And instead of beholding and viewing the beauties of Zion, they will go where they will see everything that is not beautiful and that which is not good. <laughs> oh, Okay. So it's just kind of lure them in. You've got to make sure. Maybe that's why there's porn at all Marriott hotels. Yeah, if they I think don't so. offer it, they're going to go somewhere else. So you've just got to do a deal with the devil and you've got to offer what the people want as a missionary tool, right? To get them here to see how beautiful everything is. And isn't that what these guys are trying to do? They're saying, hey, we're going to offer yes. here to the Utahns made of local products uh, yes. to show what good things can come of Utah. If not, they'll buy the beer from Bud Light or whatever from St. Exactly. Louis. Here we're trying to get them to buy local stuff. Exact same argument. <laughs> Completely turned around, though, because it's not the church making it. <sighs> there it is. So let's go back to brand confusion. Because remember, their main argument is you know, that there are some offerings of the church, apparently somehow in the food um, industry, and it might be confusing. So their argument is Deseret Book, Deseret News, Deseret Industries. People might get really mixed up about the beer and everything. So are there, Landon, any other businesses that use the name Deseret in Utah? Well, we thought we'd find out. And we went to, there's a, a lookup, you can go to LD, LDS.org. Oh, my God. You can go to UtahGov.org. I'm mixing my church and state. And you can look it up. How many did we find, Landon? 618 <laughs> businesses in the state of Utah that use the word Deseret in their names. That's right. And they're across the gamut. Deseret Bank, Deseret Massage, Deseret Chocolate, Deseret Firearms, Deseret Accounting. Account I mean, Every Deseret single armory. kind of business. Armory, <laughs> yeah. And some of these we found in the 618 were expired licenses. But at one time, you know, in the last little while, they were a business operating in Utah. Deseret Counseling, Deseret Food Search. And so we decided to go in and see if we could just look for some of these logos and see who these businesses are. But 618 already use the name Deseret. Well, look, Deseret lawyers. I can't uh -huh. think of anything more disturbing Confusing. than that. How could the church <laughs> want its name associated with lawyers, uh, oh. for heaven's sakes? People might confuse <laughs> them with a like a corporation or something. <laughs> yep. No, that's exactly it. So we just, we have like 200 slides of these logos. Deseret Trust Company, Deseret Laboratories Incorporated, Deseret Food Store. Now that to me is a definite use of people are go, oh, Deseret and it's food storage products. You know what I mean? Yep. That 
really seems to be hand in glove with the church. Uh, why don't you read some more, Landon? Yeah, Deseret Trust Trust Company, uh-huh. Deseret Credit, Deseret First Credit Union. I think mm-hmm. everyone in Utah is familiar mm-hmm. with Deseret First Credit yep. Union. Um, Deseret Management Corporation. Uh-huh. That's the management corporation that manages all of the businesses, uh, all of the churches. Uh, money and, and businesses, uh, I believe. Right. And um, now some of these are associated with the church. Some, and some are, of these and are some completely are not. independent. Yeah. And I will say that this is a product, not a business. And that may be where they're saying the difference is, but if they're if their argument is confusion, there are so many other actual businesses called this. That's also confusing by their criteria. We have Deseret Marketing Group, Deseret International Forwarding, Deseret Cleaning Company. I, I don't think Deseret Cleaning Company cleans any churches. Um, well, no, that would be the members themselves with products that don't that, use bleach. Yeah, that, I'm pretty sure Deseret Cleaning, confused. they have professionals and they have professional products. So everybody give them a call. <laughs> um Go ahead, Landon. Oh, DM- okay, yeah. DMBA. This this yep. is the one that di- that didn't pay any, uh, didn't report their uh, finance yep. financial holdings. Yeah, holdings. Yep. yep. Uh, Deseret Insurance Agency. You wouldn't want to think that the church might own insurance, uh, and maybe they do. Maybe this is yep. one of their holdings. And what was the other one? Go back one. We didn't read the last one. Um, um, Deseret Trading Company. That just seems like something that's doing shipping or who knows what um the deseret peak girls softball that sounds really fun uh deseret peak fence apparently they build fences and uh deseret um transport i can't even read that transportation Transportation. yeah i think they're a trucking and they even have a beehive with bees so you know they're they're really definitely they might be owned by the church i think they could be some of their trucks that like the church uh some of these what one thing to point out here deseret peaks the softball team and the and the fence you evidently you can use the name uh if it's named after yes. a a location so deseret yes. peak is an actual name of a mountain yep and so they they did point out that they could name it deseret peak ipa yep. and change the name and it would be fine you could use yep. deseret peak but the church has a problem against using the word deseret right um which yeah, is no, that's a that's a really good point you're absolutely right to bring that up because deseret peak is a location and so that cannot be trademarked so of deseret, course, deseret was a location too at one point they called it the state of deseret and put it on the mountains true. as a name of a location so yeah <laughs> so there's a lot out there having to do with deseret i think that's what we're pointing out deseret business watch um deseret gothic which is an actual font <laughs> that you can purchase um deseret family medicine so it sounds like a metal med- medical clinic deseret unmanned aerial systems that oh, sounds okay. like drones uh yeah i think so uh deseret laboratories deseret homeschoolers mm-hmm. um yeah evidently no All problem there yeah, no, I thought this was interesting. This is called Deseret Biologicals, DesBio, and it's sort of an alternative medicine supplements kind of a thing. I don't know if it's an MLM. I'm not really not familiar with it, but you know, it's it's a very active company from what I could see online, and they definitely sell all of those just like kind of products that are supplements, maybe oils, maybe energy. I'm not sure. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, because the church itself has kind of said, oh, we're not sure we should dabble in all of that. So I found that one unusual. And then the most unusual one that we found, Landon, why don't you talk about this one? <laughs> yeah, we found Deseret Wellness, which is Utah's premier medical marijuana pharmacy. So uh, evidently, you know, and 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 we don't want to get 
the church going after these guys. No, but please do not. do not. We need to say that. Yeah, right here. We just brought this up to show that it's very interesting that Deseret IPA is being singled out. There are amazing, wonderful, you know, productive, thriving businesses in Utah that use, as they should, the word um, Deseret. So please, we do not want anybody to go after any of these businesses that what they're doing is just fine. Yeah, we, 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 none of us have a problem. It's only the church that seems to have a problem right. with anyone using right. the word Deseret. But the church tried to name the state Deseret. That's why the church has the, that's why the state has a nickname of Deseret mm -hmm. and is known as Deseret. And, and once you name that, that then people are going to use the name. It's a yeah. common, it's a common term. It means nothing in any other language or anywhere else. Yep. Joseph Smith just made up the word, but, uh, nonetheless, uh, it's now in common use everywhere mm -hmm. and, and people are going to use it. And that yep. should be, they're Utahns. They, mm -hmm. they live here as well. So for the church to take and say, well, we own that word, we own uh, the rights to everything and no one else can use it is just ridiculous. And that the real, the, the real story behind this is anyone in Utah knows that if you hear the word Deseret, that's code for church people run this. You know, this yeah. is run by Mormons. You can trust it. It's a trusted business because people who are members of the church probably run this. Now, I'm guessing Deseret Wellness is not uh, run by members of the church. I don't know that for sure. It could be. It's medical marijuana. It, it could be, know, but, uh, but, the, but the church doesn't want this out there because they're perfectly fine with Deseret Homeschool, Deseret Armory, Deseret. They're perfectly <laughs> fine with those because those promote their values but if you as soon as your value isn't the same as the church's values they're they're not going to let you use the word uh, and they're, they're going to go after you yeah boy this is a rabbit hole isn't it crazy so as we said <laughs> when we talked to cody he said eventually probably because this is such a popular beer the deseret ipa um of course they're gonna adhere to what what the church is asking them to do and again we should kind of make this clear too is it the church? It's a lawyer representing businesses owned by the church. There's like these levels, right? Is Am I explaining that correctly, Landon? multi-level so, lawyering. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so we have said the church throughout, but it is a lawyer and a law firm representing businesses owned by the church where they think there are con is confusion. So we want to make that clear that we do understand that. It's kind of hard to explain, um, but they're going to adhere to what's been asked of them. But Cody said, you know what? We'll, like, we'll probably reissue this at some point down the road and uh, we'll just pick a different name. So Landon and I started thinking, well, I wonder what that new name could be, right? It has to be something that reminds people of Utah, perhaps a, a beloved type of name. So let's read through this list that we came up with. And then, of course, we invite all of our listeners and viewers to give us their own ideas for new names. So I'll, we'll, let's just read it every other uh, one. I'll read the first. Let's say there's nothing more Mormon than a new name. So oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Landon had to go there. So I'll read the first. You read the second. We'll go through. So we came up with uh, what about Jaredite juice? That sounds kind of fun and delicious. Jaredite juice. I like that. Yeah. How about a Benedite ale? Oh, he probably shouldn't be drinking any alcohol given his you know proximity to fire. I don't think maybe that should be something. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. That's not nice. Oh, Nephi's nectar. I like that too. That's a good one. Or after his father, Lehi's lager. Hand me a Lehi lager. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, Moroni's malt liquor. Okay, that's pretty straightforward. I like that. Or a simple Book of Mormon brewski. 
pass me over one of those Book of Mormon brewskis. I'm trying to try it out to see how it would sound in conversation. I like it. Um, here's a good one. Uh, Takaja Colds, which is the acronym for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, LIGHT. So T-C-O-J-C-O-L-D-S, LIGHT. Takaja Colds, LIGHT. I kind of like It rolls that. off the tongue. It rolls off the <laughs> okay, I think my tongue. And when, you're, okay. when you're drunk, it's Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, when they first came out with that, please call us only this, we all are like, it's Taco J. Colds, I guess, is what we're supposed to say right now. <laughs> so, I belong to Taco J. Colds. What do you want to do about it? So, <laughs> How about Ishmael's IPA? Oh, I like that. That's a good one. Um, ooh, Hagoth's Hazy. Another one that's going to be really hard to say if you've already had a couple uh, abinadized ales, right? It's not going to be easy to say. <laughs> This, this is my personal favorite. This is Landon's creation, and this is the best one on the list. <laughs> the Hosanna Stout. No hanky included. I could just see everyone in the bar. Give me another Hosanna Everyone pulls out their hanky and goes. <laughs> yeah, when Landon made that one up and he was telling me these when I was at work, I laughed for like five solid minutes. That I think that's the best one. So I think okay, the we, first presidency may have been drinking Hosanna Stout when they did that famous one. Left in shark, left shark. Yep. <laughs> yep, that was it. Um, okay, here's another one. A Mulekite Light. I like that. That's a good one. Mosiah's Mead. Oh, that's nice too. Um, the beer of Mormon, another refreshment of Christ. <laughs> these are bad. I'm sorry. The, I'm now starting to feel. Oh, and finally, these... son of perdition, Seltzer. And of course, there are a lot le worse names than Deseret IPA that they could come up with. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There are. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm sure that they'll come up with something good when they rebrand it. And I hope they do because according to them, you know, people love this. They absolutely love it. And, and when we, when it was described to us how they lovingly created it with, you know, just all locally sourced grown ingredients and their idea was just to give a tribute to Utah. It's really sad that it can't be seen for what it is. Absolutely. And uh, uh, our next slide here is to just say uh, this is their fourth anniversary. Uh -huh. They're selling their, celebrating their fourth anniversary at their tap room. Um, and so we as post-Mormons, those of us uh, maybe nuanced Mormons, visit them. Show some support. <laughs> Give them some love. Yep. Tell them, hey, man, yep. we, we're with you. We, we, we love what you're what what you've done we know that this is hard we're going to support you hopefully you make back uh, from all the people coming in and saying hey right. we support you we're going down today we're going to yeah. uh do lunch there uh and and talk about one of our next episodes uh, so take some people down yeah. and uh enjoy the atmosphere and yeah. so uh and 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 look for they got to sell out the last stock so look for it in your local uh liquor store it's kind of yeah. by the craft beers uh you, you might have to look a little bit look for the orange can uh but it is there in the craft beer section and uh buy out that and keep it as a as a souvenir of your post-mormondom uh the deseret yep. ipa <laughs> yeah that's it you heard it there that's right yep so i think that's good i think we covered it and i feel like you know the story's only been out for a week i think we're gonna see it get even more national attention like i said it's starting to appear in all the the brewing um house magazines around people are, are picking this up what's happening so you know, I don't know. i've got a i've got a thought um yes. let me run this by you i haven't run this by uh -oh. you yet uh -oh. um 
if the you want to start gets... a Mormonish beer? Is that what you want to do? A Mormonish no, that, IPA? There's is that another the... idea, though. We we probably will get a lot of donors if we do that. I, Let us know if you're willing to donate to have a Mormonish beer. Home brewing. Uh, we, we'd be interested in that. But you know, my thought is, if the church gets to decide what name they get to call things or what people can name their own stuff. Shouldn't we put that same standard back on the church? You know, they want to go by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Well, first of all, the term the church indicates that they're actually a organization that uh, cares for people as nonprofit, uh, is is doing service for the community. And we all know that's not tr that that's not what the church is about. The church is is a corporation. Um, it's not really a church. Uh, when we could confuse it when they say the church, we could confuse that with the Catholic Church. That's so we sh true. probably shouldn't allow them to use the term the church. The church. And Jesus Christ makes it sound like they're maybe Christian, that they actually are taking care of the poor, not investing in huge stock market funds and and uh, have programs that are anti-LBGTQ, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so. I think maybe we shouldn't let them use the name the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. From now on, I think we should call them the, the Church Corporation and just leave it at that. Because then there's no confusion as to right. what they are. They're a corporation that calls themselves and acts like a church. And everyone would know if we call them the corporate church, everyone would know who we're talking about. There you go. Landon got up on his soapbox, didn't you? But no, you're not wrong. Absolutely. And it's interesting because in the style guide um, where media refers to the church, they're asked to refer to it as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you know, in the first paragraphs or so. But then they can also say the church with a capital church later on. So they definitely think that they're known as the church. I, I say we just all of us start using the term the corporate church and the corporate church, everyone yeah. knows who, that it's a church about being a corporation and raising, you know, uh, <laughs> getting billions of dollars and buying real estate. So Landon's call to action. You heard it here. So, well, I hope you learned a little something about this scenario. Um, we'll link all the articles that we found in the show notes and also that wonderful outline of the history of alcohol um, in Utah and, uh, in Nauvoo and, and era. We will link that in the show notes. That was created by Lindsay Hanson Park again. And please comment. Let us know what you think about the situation. Let us know if you have an idea for a new name for uh for the what used to be the Deseret IPA. And just let us know about what you think about the situation in general. It is very interesting. And I think it's just unfolding. I think we're going to see a lot more about this going forward. So uh, please like and subscribe to Mormonish. And if you'd like to be made aware of when the new episodes come out, you can hit that notification bell. And as always, you can support financially the Mormonish podcast. We have links in the show notes to Venmo and to PayPal. And we really appreciate, we just have, don't we Landon, just incredible friends and viewers and supporters who help us and support us so much. We're just all, often overwhelmed, aren't we, by the, yeah, the support just, that we get. Just yesterday, we were mm -hmm. we were trying we're trying to put together uh, uh, an idea for the future. And we were going, how are we going to do this? And we just said, you know, someone always seems to come through and something comes up. And just yesterday we were talking to someone who said, I can provide that uh, for yeah, you. And so I it's can incredible that, that, uh, that yep. people are willing to just help. And and it, it's it's a tender mercy, as you would yeah. call it in the church, <laughs> uh, when you think, how are we going to do this? And you just say, I don't know, but let's do it and we'll find a way. And yep. people come out of the woodwork to help. 
So. Yeah. No, amazing people. That's our favorite part of Mormonish is just meeting everybody and, and just seeing the community. It's incredible. So we appreciate you. That's what we're trying to say. So thanks everybody. We will see you next time on Mormonish. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Mormonish. We really appreciate our listeners and would love to hear from you. If you have a story you'd like to share, you can email us at mormonishpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website, mormonishpodcast.org. And don't forget to look for us on YouTube and like and subscribe. Keep joyful, everybody.